From the DWRL at UT Austin, this is Messy Crimes. I'm your host, Messi Garcia. John Benet Ramsey. You're probably familiar with the name. Her case garnered national attention as the body of a former six-year-old beauty pageant contestant was found in the basement of her own home eight hours after being reported missing. A slew of evidence was recovered from her house, yet 25 years later, there's still no answers as to who killed her. The case continues to puzzle detectives and web sleuths alike as they search for answers to finally put this cold case to rest. Here's the timeline of the case. It's Christmas Day, December 25th, 1996. The Ramseys are all at a friend's Christmas party hosted by the Whites. After the Ramseys leave, they go home and put both kids, John Bonet and her nine-year-old brother Burke, to bed. At 5:30 a.m., John Bonet's mother Patsy wakes up to make coffee when she discovers a three-page ransom letter left on the staircase. It reads as following: "Mr. Ramsey, listen carefully. We are a group of individuals that represent a small foreign faction. We respect your business, but not the country that it serves." At this time, we have your daughter in our possession. She is safe and unharmed, and if you want her to see 1997, you must follow our instructions to the letter. You will withdraw $118,000 from your account. $100,000 will be in $100 bills, and the remaining $18,000 in $20 bills. Make sure that you bring an adequate size attached to the bank. When you get home, you will put the money in a brown paper bag. I will call you between 8 and 9 a.m. tomorrow to instruct you on delivery. The delivery will be exhausting, so I advise you to be rested. If we monitor you getting the money early, we might call you early to arrange an earlier delivery of the money and hence an earlier pickup of your daughter. Any deviation of my instructions will result in the immediate execution of your daughter. You will also be denied her remains for proper burial. The two gentlemen watching over your daughter do not particularly like you, so I advise you not to provoke them. Speaking to anyone about your situation, such as police, FBI, etc., will result in your daughter being beheaded. If we catch you talking to a stray dog, she dies. If you alert bank authorities, she dies. If the money is in any way marked or tampered with, she dies. You will be scanned for electronic devices, and if any are found, she dies. You can try to deceive us, but be warned that we are familiar with law enforcement countermeasures and tactics. You stand a 99% chance of killing your daughter if you try to outsmart us. Follow our instructions, and you stand a 100% chance of getting her back. You and your family are under constant scrutiny, as well as the authorities. Don't try to grow a brain, John. You are not the only fat cat around, so don't think that killing will be difficult. Don't underestimate us, John. Use that good southern common sense of yours. It is up to you now, John. Signed, Victory, SBTC. Patsy immediately calls 911. 911 emergency. Police. What's going on? What's going on there, ma'am? We have a kidnapping. All right, please. Explain to me what's going on, okay? There, we have a left. There's a note left in our daughter's gone. A note was left in your daughter's yeah. gone? How old is your daughter? Six years old. She's gone. Six years old. How long ago was it? I don't know. I just found the note. And my daughter's gone. Did you say who took her? I 
Police arrive shortly before 6 a.m. and do a search of the house. They find no evidence of JonBenet or forced entry. Later that afternoon, they do a more thorough search, and it's this time that John Ramsey, JonBenet's father, finds her lifeless body in the basement. Her mouth was covered with duct tape, and it seemed she had been strangled to death. A white cord was tightly bound around her neck and wrists. A later autopsy report also stated she had an almost 8-inch skull fracture. There was no evidence of sexual assault, although they did find traces of DNA in her underwear. They also found undigested pineapple in her stomach. It seems insignificant, but this little detail is inconsistent with the parents' theory that they had put JonBenet to bed immediately after they got home. The investigators also noted there was a bowl of pineapple in the kitchen when they arrived. Like I mentioned before, there was a lot of evidence collected, some useful, some not so useful. But just to provide some examples, here's some of what was taken from the house. Some of the evidence found in the scene include an imprint, which was found near JonBenet's body. The detectives believe it was made by a high-tech hiking shoe, but... Reportedly, no one in her family, not even among their acquaintances, owned a shoe with that print. Like I mentioned before, they took some fragments of a broken window from the basement. The investigators don't really know how long the window had been broken, but the family themselves had admitted that the window had been broken for a while because John Ramsey supposedly one time had locked himself out of the house. So that's what he did to get back in. Investigators did find spiderwebs on the outside of the window grate, signifying that that possibly wasn't a point of entry or exit. Otherwise, you know, the webs would have been destroyed. In the basement, there was also a wine cellar, and detectives found a palm print on the door of that wine cellar, but none of the prints taken from the family or friends matched it. Some items directly taken from the house include a 5 by 8 inch legal pad. It's the one that police believe the ransom note was written on. Some pens and pencils, also the ones that the police believe were used for the ransom note. They took the original white blanket, which was over JonBenet's body when she was found. They took a Santa Claus suit, some magazine articles, a sleeping mask, golf clubs, a toilet seat lid, a letter to Santa, some pieces of a broken window in the basement, JonBenet's bedding, a broken paintbrush, some rope from the backyard, a pink Barbie nightgown that was supposedly found next to JonBenet's body, some carpeting, some green garland, some of JonBenet's clothing, 
baseball bats, a flashlight, and door locks. So definitely an array of evidence. Some proved useful, some not so much, but that's how these investigations go. You know, they have to rule out what would be useful in the case and what might just be stuff lying around the house. So as you can see, this is a pretty bizarre case. I personally didn't even know where to lean to when it comes to absorbing all of this evidence and all the counter evidence and just the case in general. So naturally, as anyone does, I did some online digging and I found a website that focuses on the studies of Mark McClish. So Mark McClish is a federal law enforcement officer of over 25 years. He has a lot of stuff on his resume like protecting the White House complex and providing protection for President Reagan and being a secret service agent. This guy knows his stuff, all right? Most importantly, and most recently, I guess, in 1990, he started focusing his services more on interviewing techniques, specifically on deception. To put it in simple terms, basically, this dude goes through both verbal and written statements and calls bullshit on certain things. Yeah, I was just as surprised as you probably are. There's a professional job for bullshit detectors. And it honestly sounds like everyone's dream job, right? Anyway, Mark McClish basically analyzed both the ransom note, the 911 call, and some of the interviews conducted post-investigation regarding like John and Patsy and Burke. So he points out that Patsy began the 911 call by saying, we have a kidnapping, as opposed to saying, my daughter has been kidnapped. She also refers to herself as the mother instead of her mother. So these two examples basically show Patsy essentially cutting ties with the case itself. She's kind of breaking that tie between her and John Bonet by saying, you know, the mother, not her mother. She's not taking direct ownership of John Bonet. And it is kind of odd that she doesn't specifically ask for help until the end of the call and then abruptly hangs up the phone after reporting that her daughter is missing. Now, I'm not a mother, but I would assume that my daughter going missing would drive me insane. And I definitely would not hang up the phone. When you're in that scenario, you're going to want to keep law enforcement on the line just in case of anything, you know? So as we saw, the ransom note seems to be written by a foreign faction. Yet there's an instance where the writer accidentally uses the pronoun I and my instead of, you know, we or our. They also use the phrase she dies a lot as opposed to she will die. This is kind of indicating that John Bonet was already dead when the ransom note was written. Again, the ransom note was almost three pages long, and investigators have concluded that both the pen and paper came from inside the house. Now, if you're doing some sort of kidnapping and writing a ransom note, I don't think you would do that last minute and do it 
in the actual house, you know? Like that should be pre-planned. You should have that note written and sealed and ready to place so that you can leave as fast as possible and avoid getting caught. The ransom note itself has been forensically analyzed in terms of its handwriting. And while they were able to rule out John as the writer, they never quite ruled out Patsy. Just something to note. So yeah, that's just a brief, brief summary of everything that McClish has publicly analyzed and published in his website. I found it really interesting to read through these things because there was a lot of things I didn't catch up on. I mean, there's a reason this guy is a professional bullshit caller. So honestly, to finish this off, I was gonna go through Reddit trying to find some posts from people regarding their theories of how the parents are innocent um, or just like some exonerating evidence that I maybe had missed, but I genuinely cannot find any and that's a little bit alarming, Um, but then again... It is like, you know, a JonBenet Ramsey subreddit. So I feel like the people in it would have very strong opinions against the parents. Um, I will mention, though, that there are a lot of people that do think Burke did it. Like maybe he accidentally killed her and uh, Patsy and John made this whole thing up to, you know, cover for him and don't to not have him be taken away, basically. So that's one theory. Um, And other people just think that Burke was just a little bit evil inside, you know? Maybe he was jealous of all the attention that JonBenet got. I don't know. There's a lot of theories surrounding this. So I'm intrigued by what you personally got out of it and what you think. It's definitely a lot. A lot to digest. So many pieces to connect and just lay out and really see the case for what it is so yeah here we are 2022 still no one behind bars for the tragic murder of this little girl patsy ramsey actually died in 2006 i believe she had cancer so she has passed away um john and burke are still alive of course and they've maintained their innocence till now. This has been the case of JonBenet Ramsey. Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this was informative and entertaining. Make sure to follow our podcast on all streaming services so you don't miss the next episode. Thank you so much and have a nice day.